All right, hello everyone. Welcome to the Horror Convoy podcast. This is our first episode on the show, so if you're hearing this, spread the word and show some support. I'm your host, Jacob Pugh, and this is my possible co-host, my dad. Um, today I'm going to be talking about my research findings, and uh, he's going to be reacting. So, let's get started. All right, so I want to start this podcast off talking about the um, the story of Eva Kors. Okay, uh, do you know who that is? Nope, I've never heard of him. All right. Oh, I'll get to her. But basically, Eva Kors, she was a um, she was a girl that went to that was a she was a uh, Jewish girl in nineteen forty nine, right? Uh, she was ten years old and she got uh, deported to Auschwitz. Okay. Um, from there, she went there with her mother and with her twin sister, and because they were twins, they were picked out of the bunch and I guess in a way spared from being killed in like the massacre that was the holocaust and instead they were like experimented on in auschwitz oh wow so like all the i guess all the, the um things that they would do you know all all the all the trials that they did were ultimately to like try to secure that ultimate year like aryan race um they would like make their uh make everyone go through like thermal shock so they'd have like people going in like super high temperatures and super low super high and it, like basically there's temperatures yeah temperatures so like they would they they literally like their skin would fall off like it was that bad, so they gave you frostbite and stuff. Um, they also were injected with like viruses and stuff that hell we don't even know about like ultimately today. Uh, they were sterilized, which is probably the most famous thing that they're known for, and eye color change injections so, like straight up needles to that like iris trying to change. So a lot of experiments to supposedly support their medical research or something. Yeah, in reality, okay. it was, yeah, they were just having that you know national nationalistic like superiority complex um now for eva she this is the only real thing that she could like really remember she was almost drained of blood like her whole thing like that's what they experimented on they want to see how long someone could survive with being drained of blood like finding out how how long they'll live or Uh the, the least amount of blood to keep them alive yeah surprisingly though she went two days of straight being drained of blood and she was like obviously like super high temperature all this like basically like on the brink of death and she still survived but the whole thing was and this is like the to me the most interesting part she reports that she was also injected in her right arm with some like substance so i guess for me i believe that whatever was in that like syringe was something to test like maybe something that would be allow like soldiers to like survive longer like let's say for example they're shot and they're bleeding out they can keep going you know that's what I think, and um, so her. Uh, so like a super soldier yeah, substance. Yeah, that's what I. That think they it tested was. on her. Yeah, now her, uh, her um, twin sister. She was uh, ex- she experienced a lot of uh, barren, uh, bone marrow grafts and stuff. Uh, she actually, uh, after the uh, liberation of Auschwitz, Auschwitz, sorry, in uh, nineteen. Up. let me check that don't want to get that wrong uh 1950 or 45 sorry um <laughs> she was a she basically died of bone marrow cancer oh my goodness so her her sister died very quick now this is probably one of the weirdest things she went into trial for the, the do you know what the uh, new new nudenberg when they were trying trials? to convict him of war mm-hmm. crimes she, she war testified crimes. against she him. testified against them but this is the thing that makes her stand out from everyone else that testified she actually said she forgave them she forgave the Nazis. Like, in every single trial that she had, she ultimately said she wants them held accountable to make sure it never happens again. But ultimately, 
she doesn't like hate them or anything she like actually in a way sympathizes with them which is why a lot of people don't actually like her well some people need forgiveness to like deal with things and survive and let go and move on yeah that's what she's actually pretty uh, talking about pretty pretty brave actually yeah okay now uh we're going to be talking this this i feel i feel like this segues into uh what i was talking about with uh, the whole nazis and actually the title of this podcast which is chester m sothan the modern day nazi experiment experimentalist uh the whole sitch with him is uh, he had a lot of trials with individual things he was a cancer researcher and ultimately every well at least everything that's documented that i've read of it's absolutely terrible he basically tries to justify everything he's doing where he's trying to help cure cancer right like, like that's his whole thing but in reality <laughs> The whole thing with curing cancer and why I believe like the whole science field is very like corrupt is because of this exact reason is like grants and stuff. If the government deems something important, they will give him grant money and he makes money. Ultimately, it's a business like he wants to make money. And hell, if he and these trials were ridiculous and he was getting paid for him, too. And I think also there was a certain amount of sadistic. Yeah. That he, he obviously enjoyed inflicting pain upon people at the same time. Yeah. The and money was just the frosting on the cake. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Most definitely. Okay. Now, this is the uh, the first trial we're going to be talking about is the trial in the uh, Ohio uh, Pentanarian or uh, Pentanary? Penitentiary. Penitentiary. Okay. Whatever you said. Um, basically, this took place in an Ohio jail cell. They um, basically it took place between. 1959 and 1962 he injected uh cancer cells into 250 subjects some of them up to nine times so basically what happens he'd inject them with cells and then he would uh tattoo where they were specifically injected and he'd measure like the growth they literally were having tumor growths in under their skin and it would like disappear within six weeks so his whole thing was is he was trying to test um this like basically see if they would die because they're prison inmates like he was like do prison inmates have less resistance or less resilience to cancer which is not moral at all because he goes in there wondering if these people are going to die that is his biggest thing wow so (laughs) okay so yeah so the whole point is see if they would die because he specifically picked hardcore criminals because he kind of wanted the um he, he wanted he wanted people that he could easily influence and people who have like committed like you know like really heavy crimes like rape murder like child molestation all the stuff that's well, I like i think it also protected him from judgment from other people yeah that too uh so he he, he had like this this influence over them because they wanted to redeem themselves so when they have a doctor come up to them and tell them hey if you do this it could possibly cure cancer they're gonna want to do it because they just it makes it easier for them to live with themselves so basically the reason why he said it was like safe and like even the guards or i guess the overseer of the jail cell was very skeptical with it he's like i don't want you injecting cancer into my inmates doesn't that seem a little bit dangerous um this is this is his statement he said it was safe because the chronically ill patients before had survived it meaning he injected it into chronically ill patients intentionally and because of that so that that's all that's a whole other thing is like the whole anyways we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later but um right here uh he said he stated this he was like uh nowadays you go into a piece you go into in with a piece of paper or like a consent form 
that is literally this long. Um, this is a quote from him, and it has really squelched research. The reason why he said this was because in his exact words, he was saying that because of how strict regulations are with uh, like humanitarian things when it comes to human research, you can't, you wouldn't be able to basically recreate any of his experiments. And he actually deemed this a bad thing. But if you look at this from like, I guess, like another perspective, you could see that like because of the fact that it doesn't pass these regulations, you can just see how bad all of his experiments were. Okay, so that's the whole, the whole Ohio uh, penitentiary, penitentiary uh, situation. All right. Now this is the biggest part. Uh, this is actually how I found him. Believe it or not, I actually. Uh, found out who this was through a book um, about a woman named uh, Henrietta Lacks about the whole HeLa cells and the whole story behind that. And in fact, the HeLa cells are actually what's being injected in these patients. Uh, you could look into that if you want to. I don't really know, though. Anyways, so this is basic. This is has to do with the Jewish Chronic uh, Disease Hospital, the whole scandal they had back in 1963. It oh, that went, wasn't very long ago. That wasn't very... That's, that's, what, I mean, that's why I'm One calling One year them. before I was born. Yeah, so... Damn, you are old. <laughs> Anyways. Just a little. Yeah, okay. So, basically, uh, Chester M. Sawham uh, goes into, or Dr. Sawham, whatever you want to, whatever name you think you should go by. He goes into this uh, hospital, and he wants to um, test on these chronically ill patients again keep in mind he did this, he did this beforehand uh, i couldn't find any research about it so i'm not gonna make any statements about it but this particular part was probably one of the i guess worst highlights of his career but he went to this hospital he uh, asked the doctor named uh, avir uh, kagan i believe that's how you say it um to inject chronically ill patients with cancer cells um, i mean thankfully he said no um, but a couple of his uh, colleagues agreed to it, and 22 patients ended up being injected without their knowledge. Wow. Yeah, 22. And keep in mind, they're basically dying. So, like, <clears throat> now, what they want, the whole point, again, was back, back, it's kind of similar to the, the whole Ohio, Ohio jail situation. They wanted to see if they could survive it, if they would, uh, if their bodies would be able to fight it off, and as you can imagine, when you're chronically ill, basically dying, you're not going to do too well at that. So, again, that was another big thing. Now, this is the whole, I guess, thing that people kind of, like, talked about was he used the word cell suspension instead of cancer. So, technically, he did ask for consent, but purposefully misworded it or misguided it so they would say yes. Because he, he even said that... He didn't want to use the word cancer because he thought that it would cause a bizarre or or unnatural reaction and like defense to it when it's really not that bad and stuff. But it, they have good reason to. And if you know someone's going to react like that, you shouldn't have to reword it or just give it to how, how they're going to react. So he instead he used the word cell suspension and because of that 22 patients got injected. Now keep in mind these patients were chronically ill and they were already dying. So they did die. But it is up to debate whether or not they died from the cancer cells, if they increased the rate Or even died. died quicker, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. So, Dr. Uh, Coggin, Dr. Uh, Leacher, and Dr. Fusco, uh, they completely left the hospital after they figured out what happened. Um, Coggin was the first. Uh, the other followed right after him. Um, 
But another doctor, uh, or I think it was the head of the hospital, actually saw what was going on. Um, William A. Hy Hyman, I believe that's how you say it, uh, filed a lawsuit against uh, Dr. Sotham. Now, the whole point of this was he he, he kind of saw what's happening. That's another thing, too. The head of the hospital didn't even really know what was going on. So one of the heads of the, like, directors of the hospital, I, guess, I think that's the word for it, they actually kind of saw what was going on, thought it was suspicious, and then looked into, like, filed a lawsuit to, like, look like look more into it. And um, this caused one of the biggest things, or this is, this is I, I'd say this is probably uh, next to the, the the Tuscany experiments. You know what that was? Yes. Okay. I've heard of it. Yeah, with the syphilis. and mm -hmm. yeah. So this caused, like, a really big uh, debate in med medical ethics because there were two sides to it. The first side uh, was saying it was non-ethical because they did not have consent. Or if it was consent, it was uninformed consent, which by law is not technically consent. And the second side, uh, people are like, he was totally in the right. He was just trying to figure out how to help people with cancer. And, you know, ultimately he wasn't that bad of a person, which is, I, I can kind of see where you're coming from with that. But like, you got to keep in mind that it's just, I don't know. It, it's Well, I think he kind of, he kind of looked at the patients as just disposable specimens because they were dying anyway. Yeah. And he, he lacked any kind of human um, compassion for them. Yeah. yeah. Another thing, too, uh, he could he could have easily not even cared about actually helping these people and more of the fame or notor notoriety that came with curing cancer. So after this, uh, as a result, uh, Sothan's medical license was suspended for a year and he was put on probation. Uh, keep in mind, he still had, like, right after that, nothing happened. Like, yes, this did, like, kind of affect him, like, emotionally, I guess. But overall, it did not affect his career at all. In fact, he actually thrived. Um, so yeah, like I was talking about, uh, another, the whole, probably the most important part of this case, uh, this case was actually used with 22 other cases, including the, um, Tuscany case after that whole outcry because of that. And basically because of this case and all the other ones, the national commission, uh, for the protection of human right or human subjects of biomedical and behavioral research was developed, which is what we have today. That's what um regulates uh like i guess trials and stuff so maybe maybe there was actually a, something good that came out of it i mean yeah but i mean there's always something bad i mean technically like if you want to look at the uh nazi experiments i guess because that was the newtonberg code which is what that was based off of so i mean if you want to take it like that i guess you can okay now we're gonna rewind a bit okay this was before any like of this um injecting cells right um you know the West Nile virus, right? Mm -hmm. They had an outbreak. Isn't it spread by mosquitoes? Yes, okay. it was spread. It was. It had it. There was a. <laughs> there was an outbreak in um, uh, Brooklyn, like so, like in New York, and they had. Um, it was like it was between farmers. It was, it was. It was like gardeners. It was specifically gardeners, old men gardeners that were like getting this, all of a sudden, virus that was giving them seizures, making them go crazy you know giving them like really high fevers and everyone was like where the hell did this come from because keep in mind this was in africa like located on the by the west nile river and there was no other cases anywhere really in the world just all of a sudden just pops up in brooklyn new york and everyone's like what the hell is going on so you look into it um this was the good works of our good old friend dr sotham 
no one, I, I, this is funny, this is the first time I've ever heard anything about this, like, I was actually shocked when I found out about this, basically, what he did is, because there was, um, studies, like, around, going around, I think it was in Russia, uh, where they were injecting, like, really heavy-grade viruses into mice with cancer, and it was eliminating the cells. Now, the virus that they were injecting into these mice was crazy, over-the-top, the human body would just collapse. So at least he had the decency to not try it with that. So instead, he tried to dim it down. So he looked at the West Nile virus. Now, in Africa, these people have, they, they, they experience a lot of different viruses than we do. So they have different, like, like immunizations, like malaria, for example, like the sickle cell anemia and all this stuff, like that whole situation. So if you want to look at that, basically the West Nile virus only gave them a very slight fever, right? It was just like a little, it was like a cold, basically. It came and go, and it wasn't that big of a deal for them. Now, bring it to the U.S., in Brooklyn, New York, it's going to go completely different. He didn't predict this at all. So he injected it into a bunch of... Uh, I think it was a hundred. It was hundred cancer patients that had like abnormal advanced cancer, right? So they basically they they were kind of like desperate. Again, this goes back to the whole going after people who are in either a desperate situation or you know just they 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 need something to either validate themselves or possibly to like help themselves get better. So he injected on different types of cancers. Now keep in mind, surprisingly, it actually worked on lymphoma lymph lymphoma cancer. Did actually work on that? It actually. It didn't work 100%, but it did actually shrink it. So he did have some truth to his studies. It was almost like a type of chemotherapy. You know, yeah, that's exactly what it was. Um, but yeah, so it caused the entire outbreak in New York, uh, which is terrible. All right. So uh, we got some little, some little afterthoughts. So uh, even though like all these like mishandlings and like everything that was going wrong, all the lawsuits, every like everything that was bad going on, like the bad reputation he had, he still became president of the uh, American Association for Cancer Research. Wow. How did how, how'd that even happen? I, it is astonishing. Like, wow. It is... I, I mean, I don't know if it's because they didn't have... Because technically, all the things he did, none of it was illegal. But most of the... Most of because of what he did, those things were are now considered illegal. This guy, he was... If anything, he, he did have really big influence on medical research just because, he, in a way, he made it safer by showing us what not to do you know <laughs> and uh he died in uh 2002 so quite a while ago you know 18 years ago he's uh he's he's long gone uh thankfully so we don't have to deal with any of these whack so did areas. did they do people to this day still think that there was useful data that he collected that actually, still helped yes um believe it there was actually a people actually looked back on the uh, the ohio study and there's a new uh, thing that they're trying to actually uh, follow up on those people that were injected, uh, like look into them. And uh, some of them, believe it or not, even though they just were like hardcore criminals, like and he mind this was like during like the electric chair and all this stuff, uh, they weren't executed. They actually got released and they had children. And so they're they're testing to see if these people actually ended up getting cancer and all this stuff. And they actually are actually surprisingly found that. Uh, it's there might it might possibly be a correlation with the fact that they got injected and like it got experienced cancer and went away in like six weeks right not like serious cancer just low growth on their arm and goes away they actually believe that that for that reason they might have like had some form of resistance or extra immunity to cancer hmm. well, that's very interesting so i mean if that's true i mean 
I mean, I don't, I can't see us really doing that because that's kind of a form of a, I guess, making your body get used to things. Like for example, we don't, like you can do that with venom, you know, make your, like inject yourself with a certain type of venom over time and eventually can become like obsolete for your body. Your body can handle it. Or let's say you're allergic to something, you slowly like introduce it to your system and help you get used to it. But we don't really use that medically if you really think about it. Like, like yeah, I guess it can help, and but only specific people really microdose themselves. You know, it's not really a well-versed practice. Well, I think so. he just he just went into a uh, a place and and actions that nobody even had e- ever even really known about before. So that he he there wasn't any ethics to compare it to. So he's probably almost created more of an ethical system now just because of what he's done that yeah, people just, are going to put their foot down yeah that's what i was actually thinking of and like that yeah that goes back to the whole us thinking that like he might have actually done some good but yeah so biggest question do you or do you not think it's fair to call this man the modern day nazi experimental i think it's fair to call him a modern day nazi experimenter yes really really yeah yes. Uh, yeah, I agree. I feel like he he's definitely done a lot of things, and there's a lot of simulation like similar like things. It's like yeah, like if you if you want to look at it like yeah, he could have been like yeah, oh I'm doing this for a good cause, but like the the Nazis thought they were doing it for a good cause as well, like the whole Aryan race, and they still did these unethical experiments without telling like them when it was very uh, I guess goes against your natural rights, you know. His he was reckless with no ethics, and his his lack of compassion for just human beings and their suffering and caring for for patients as a doctor i think violated his his physician oath yeah so i think yeah i think i think he's abhorrent i agree all right so yeah uh thank you for uh tuning in this was uh the first episode of the horror convoy podcast you know i hope you learned a couple things uh hopefully uh the name Ch- uh, Chester Sotham uh, now rings a couple bells. Hopefully, if someone brings it up, you know what it is. And if so, hey, recommend this podcast, you know. Uh, either way, uh, it's nice having you on the show, Dad. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Uh, see you guys on the next episode.